Welcome to the Wrong Kind of Christian podcast. It's the very first episode of the Wrong Kind of Christian podcast, actually. I'm Megan Martin, your host and author of the Wrong Kind of Christian blog. Some of you might know me from that blog, wrongkindofchristian.com, or as um, one of the co-hosts of the Wrong Kind of Podcast, which publishes episodes weekly as well. So you might be asking yourself why I'm doing this podcast too. And I will talk about that, but I'll fill you in on that in a little while. Since this is the very first episode, I thought I might take the time today to tell you um, a little bit about who I am, what the name Wrong Kind of Christian is really all about, and what you can expect here on Wrong Kind of Christian Podcast. So first and foremost, I'm a woman of faith. So I'm a Jesus follower who tries to live my life um, according to what the Bible says. I try to remember to always base my decisions and my conclusions on what he teaches me. Um, not perfect at that, but I try. I actually saw um, a quote the other day from Francis Chan, whom I, I don't really know at all, um, but he is an author um, and a preacher in California. Anyway, the quote said, whenever I read the Bible and come across something that I disagree with, I have to assume that I'm wrong. And yeah, so that's a hard mindset to accept. Um, and like I said, I'm certainly not perfect at that but it's kind of what I strive for. Um, yeah, I've made a lot of mistakes in life, and I can promise you that you'll never hear me um, claim for perfection, but I'm thankful for the sacrifice that Jesus made for me so that I can be called a child of God and a daughter of the King, and it's my passion to share what God is teaching and working in me with others. So that's kind of um, the the core of who I am. But I'm also a wife. Um, my husband, Justin, whom I'm sure will be uh, a guest on here from time to time, is also one of my co-hosts on The Wrong Kind of Podcast. We're actually about to celebrate our eighth wedding anniversary this coming Saturday. And if you've put that together in your mind yet, then yes, you realize that we got married on Halloween. We've both been married previously. So like remember earlier when I said I wasn't perfect. Yeah. So um, so we kind of had this um, mindset going into this second marriage for both of us that we would kind of just throw caution into the wind for our wedding. It was a beautiful fall day and it was like a Wednesday. So like middle of the week. And um, yeah, we didn't even um, we didn't tell anyone that we were getting married, uh, like not even our children, though they were there. We didn't leave them out of it. We just didn't tell them that that's what was happening that day. And well, I guess we told like, you know, our best man and our bridesmaid because we needed um, some witnesses to be there. So they knew, but no one else knew. And uh, we pulled our kiddos out of school early that day, brought them home and, and got them dressed. And they still like had no idea. They knew something was going on, but they didn't really know for sure. And then we went to this um, old bank in our hometown of Coffeyville, Kansas, which is where I'm publishing this episode from today. But the history of this bank is um, pretty significant to our, our little town. So yeah, I actually, I have an article about this um, on the wrong kind of Christian um, blog. So if you're curious about it more than what I say today, feel free to go check it out. But back in like 1892, 
Sorry if you're a Coffeeville native and I got that year wrong. Sorry about that. But I think 1892, the Dalton gang uh, decided to try to be like the baddest gang ever and rob two banks at the same time. And they chose um, Coffeeville, Kansas to try this. Um, I don't know if they, they were like former residents here, but they weren't living here anymore. So anyway, so um, they decided that they would try to do this and they would like kind of divide and conquer. So um, they had, you know, their gang and they split up and a few of them went to this bank and a few of them went to the other bank, but it didn't really go so well for them. Um, Somebody in Coffeeville recognized one of the uh, one of the members as the what, a Dalton, and so they started. You know, imagine like the British are coming, the British are coming, but it was all about the Daltons instead. So the Daltons are coming, the Daltons are coming, and the citizens of Coffeeville kind of rallied together. And um, a local hardware store back from 1892 is still open and functioning and operational today under the same name, even Isham's Hardware. Um, just started giving out guns to the citizens. And remember, it was a different time, so don't like, don't get too, you know, up in the air about that. But um, so the the town rallied together and ended up killing like most of the gang members in a major shootout. And sadly enough, like several of the citizens of the town also died that day. So back to why I'm telling you this in connection to my wedding. So yeah, you you probably guessed that, that Justin and I got married in one of the banks that the Daltons tried to rob that day. It uh, kind of went along with our throw everything at it mindset that we had for our wedding. And, um, you know, it was Halloween. So our wedding reception was replaced with trick-or-treating with our kiddos. So, you know, very romantic. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so that leads me to kind of my next title in my life, I guess. I'm a mom. I have a biological daughter and two bonus kids. Um, My biological daughter is about to be a teenager, so yikes. And um, yeah, if you also have a teenager or about to be a um, have a teen, you know that I can use all of your all of your prayers that you're that you're willing to send to me. Honestly, she's like, honestly, she's a lovely girl. And and I'm so, so very blessed to be her mom. And you will hear me talk about her often. Um, I write about her on the blog. I share, you know, stuff about her and my other kiddos on um, on my Instagrams and, and, and Facebooks and all the all the fun socials. But um, yeah, I'm super proud of my kiddos. And she is um, this particular kiddo. She's the youngest in our group. And she's kind of all in on everything performing arts. So if there is a play or, you know, like a musical theater play that she can be a part of, she is all in. So I think at this point, um, she's been in over 10 plays. Um, She started when she was like six years old and she's done a couple of them a year. So Um, just recently she was in um, the uh, middle school version of Rock of Ages. And um, she got to sing Sister Christian, which I was pretty stoked about, but she was like, mom, it's not that cool. So anyway, um, she was also uh, last summer, she got to be Oaken in the 
um, Kansas premiere of Frozen Junior. So that was pretty exciting too. Like they had um, people who actually were part of writing Frozen Junior who came to observe and um, see how they did it. So that was really cool for her to uh, to be a part of that. And um, she's been a part of like um, a cabaret, like charity event um, to help a, another um, youth get to an audition or to a, a summer like internship thing. And um, she she just has this beautiful, beautiful voice. And yes, I might be biased, but I'm not like that biased. So um, she just has an amazing voice. Um, she's also in like choir and band and um, she's just now starting to learn how to play her second instrument, which I'm not like super musical. Like I can sing okay, but I can't um, play any instruments. Like I can plunk out some notes on a piano if I have to, but nobody really wants me to do that. Um, but she just like, not that it comes naturally and she doesn't have to work at it. She does, but she, uh, it, it, she just picks it up so quickly. And, um, I actually had an uncle who could like hear a song and then like play it back uh, without, you know, ever looking at a piece of sheet music. And she's kind of, um, I, I just assume that that must have skipped my generation and, and went straight to her. So um, anyway, so she is all in on anything that will put her on stage. Like we kind of joke about it because my my bonus daughter, um, and I'll talk about her in a minute, but she is very much like, don't look at me and don't acknowledge me, you know, like just very um, kind of shy. And and then we have Lene and she's like, here I am, pay attention to me and everybody look at me on stage. So two, two complete opposite um, girls, but they just could not be um, happier to be sisters. They are so stinking protective of each other. And they, uh, you know, they, uh, if you listen to their own kind of podcast, we actually talked about this just last week, how they kind of like will take the blame for each other. And um, you don't know whether, you know, we're mad at them for, for lying to us or, or proud of them for sticking up for each other. But um, she's also, um, my biological daughter is also biracial. So that has um, led to some interesting conversations lately with all of this craziness going on in our world. It kind of puts a different um, perspective on our lives because we um, notice things a little bit differently um, from from like, quote unquote, both sides of the field there. Like, um, you know, she sometimes gets, uh, has to deal with uh, like white kids who, who say things to her and black kids who say things to her. So she, um, she's really kind of had to try to find her own way. And, and I'm telling you just, um, just how proud of her I am. Like, it's been really, really awesome to kind of watch her come into herself a little bit over these last few months and, um, kind of find herself like she's, you know, finding her own style and, and, um, deciding kind of who she's going to be. And, and she's not really a follower. So, um, it's really, it's just really cool to see. So, uh, my bonus daughter that I was talking about a minute ago is, um, about to be 16 in a couple of months. And that's kind of crazy. So all those prayers that I said I could use earlier. <laughs> yeah. If you like want to double up on those for us, that would be awesome. Um, we are, uh, you know, she is our resident artist, like all things art she can do. And it's just phenomenal. Like, mm, I, t I said that Justin and I were getting ready to celebrate our eighth anniversary. And so when I first met her, she was um, just turning seven and she um, was already entering like 
um, competitions for art stuff. Like people were in like grandparents, aunts, whatever, were entering those for her. And she was like winning. She's just so, so talented. She can draw things that like my mind and my imagination just cannot even conceive. Um, So it's really kind of cool to watch that. And it's like, I'm sure that she has, and she could explain it in so much better than I can, but I'm sure that she has some sort of preference and like how she's drawing or painting or whatever, but she's really phenomenal with all of it. Like uh, we have, you know, kept some of her drawings and paintings for ourselves. That I'm like, I'm sorry, we just need to have this one because it's just so cool. Um, but on a side note, I kind of, I, I recently saw some doodling in one of my husband's notebooks and, um, you know, he'll tell you that he's not anywhere near her talent, but, um, she might get a little smidge of that from her dad. So that's, it's, it's really cool to watch her, um, be creative. My bonus son is 13. Um, but he does have some special needs. So, um, he has Down syndrome and he, um, a lot of other things that kind of go along with that sometimes. And so developmentally he's about, eh, I don't know, 10 months to a year and a half, depending on like what developmental area we're looking at. So, um, you know, it's, it's, there's some challenges there, but it, um, don't, don't let him fool you though. He's, um, he's pretty ornery and he definitely has his own personality. Like he, he absolutely enjoys tormenting his sisters when they're on the floor trying to play video games, just like any other brother would, right? You got to pick on your sisters and, um, you know, if they're on the sofa, then he's getting up there with them and trying to like be in the middle of everything it used to kind of be like a fun game that our youngest um, would would lay on the floor and he would like make his way over to her and um, and then he would like lay on top of her and then she would roll away and he would chase after her and roll after her and, and lay on top of her again. Like anytime she sat on the floor, he had to be like directly on top of her. But, um, you know, she's older now and it's not so cool to hang out with uh, <laughs> family all the time. So um, she, uh, he actually now he plays a lot of catch with our, with our little dog Willow. So fur babies in the mix too, I guess, but um, they can keep each other entertained for quite a lengthy amount of time. And, and we appreciate that because Willow is a rat terrier and she will sit there and want to play catch with you for about five hours if you will do that. So so there's um, kind of my family dynamic and uh, what I have learned over um, over the years is that I can't really be defined by my family names, you know, wife, mom. I kind of had to find something for myself. So thankfully, I have a husband who um, very much supported my dreams and encouraged me to kind of just give it a go. So back in uh, like 2016, we, um, and I say we, because even though it was kind of like my baby, this was always a, a team effort. We, um, started, um, a company called crown promotions and, uh, my dream was to promote music events. And so we did that for a while. We mostly focused on Christian rock events, but we also put on like a local food truck festival and we partnered with some others in our community to, uh, to make some other local events happen. And, um, yeah, so we were lucky enough um, during those crown promotion days to bring Seventh Day Slumber, um, their tour, City Rock Fest, to Joplin, Missouri for a couple of years. And Coffeeville, Kansas, we're not that far away from Joplin. So we were able to do that. And 
um, that kind of allowed us to work with some pretty awesome bands, um, Disciple, um, Spoken, The Protest, and um, kind of a new up-and-comer, Zana, um, all really genuine people and really um, genuine in their faith. So that's encouraging and kind of cool to see. But it was actually um, one of these events that was kind of the final straw for me claiming the name wrong kind of Christian. I always get like a lot of questions about it because, you know, it's it's kind of a um, it's it's a different name. And we know that. And when we chose it, we 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 knew that we would get questions about it. But it started kind of pretty tongue in cheek. Um, Justin and I had noticed that some Christians aren't, um, you know, always treated the same way as as others are, maybe because of how they look, um, sometimes maybe because of how they talk or, um, you know, even the most superficial superficial of things like um, the music that they listen to or, or things like that. Um, so Justin started noting that they must be the wrong kind of Christian. And, and I say that with air quotes, but we ended up um, reading a book um, by Brian Head Welch called Save Me From Myself. And um, if you don't, if you haven't read that book, you should definitely check it out. But um, you might know his name um, from the band Corn, which... Um, yeah, I think I think Justin actually listened to the audiobook first and then told me that I needed to read it. Um so I grew up listening to Corn and I always love the backstories. So I'm the type of person that like if we're um traveling somewhere and there's like a an audio tour or a guided tour, I'm always like let's let's take the guided tour. So I always want more info. And um so I thought this would be a really um a, a good way to to get some insight into uh, because I remember when he decided to leave Corn and there was like this big announcement that he was becoming a Christian and he was a changed man and and so anyway I wanted to read it and 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 I did and I I really enjoyed it and I actually have an article published on wrongkindofchristian dot com um, about this book and um, we actually met him a few years ago at an event and um, I talk about that a little bit in that too so. I'm sure that um, I'll have a, an episode about that at some point, but you can go check out the article now if you're if you're curious. But I remember Justin and I um, kind of talking about the way that Head was treated by various uh, churches or or specific ministers, and um, you know because of his past and how ironic that we would judge someone from their past when they're when they're saying that they have um, become a born again Christian. I mean, that's just crazy. So we kind of added him to this list of <laughs> this growing list of wrong kind of Christians in this world. And it was actually um, during our last City Rock Fest event that we um, had several, well, we had several events actually that kind of all kind of coincided with that specific event, but it kind of sealed the deal and, and made me want to kind of lay claim to this name wrong kind of Christian. So it started uh, with like we we were doing some advertising for the show because you know you can't have a can't have a concert and not advertise that it's there and expect people to show up. So we um you know we did the usual like print ads and the social media stuff, but I was also um, making phone calls to the churches in the area, hoping to talk with like youth ministers to um, let them know about the show. And on. On more than a couple of occasions, I was met with like less than enthusiastic responses. So people, uh, like like this one lady, this one secretary, I guess she was a secretary, I shouldn't put that label on her, I guess, but this lady at a church, um, she answered the phone and when I told her what I was calling about, she just, she was so straight up about it, we don't do that here. And she hung up the phone on me. Um, so I never even like got to talk to the youth leader. So, you know, and, and I would like send out emails to um, some of those that I 
I could find email addresses for. And sometimes we got responses like, um, you know, hey, thanks for reaching out, but um, we don't really do those kinds of events. And I'm like, okay, I don't really know what that means. Like, you don't do those kinds of events. You don't enjoy like Christian music. I, you know, if you don't like rock music, that's one thing. But anyway, so so we had, you know, a few of those before we even had the the night of the concert. So the night of the concert, we had kind of like, um, I guess what I'll call like the culminating event, like <laughs> my sweet husband, Justin, who, um, you know, he may be uh, pretty tall and um, kind of good sized, a few tattoos and um, a full like bushy beard. Um, anyway, he was acting as my security that night and kind of manning the door for us. And remember, this is a Christian rock concert. It's a rock show um, advertised as such with no misleading words or, or anything like that. It's it's a rock show. And it's kind of funny because we noticed in the past that like we really see like all types of people at these events like and sometimes people drive hours. And so it's really, um, you know, by the time they get there, they're <laughs> they're You know, they've been road tripping a little bit. So you see like. Um, young, old, um, like straight-laced people and people that we would say maybe not so straight-laced, you know. Um, We've had like some show up with, you know, special hats or special outfits on or whatever. Uh, So really, like literally, we see all types of people, but it seems to be that, you know, what we all have in common, like no matter what we look like, is that we all enjoy the music. Awesome. So this older couple who's dressed very nicely, and I mean like, like the the woman was wearing a fur coat kind of nicely, came up to the door to try to get in early. And Justin may have like been taken aback by their appearance, but not too much because like I said, we see, you know, we see all types. But, uh, and side note, they didn't get in early. Um, they would have like, there were some extra early entrance tickets. So, but they were just trying to kind of, it was cold outside. They were trying to get in. So um, when they did get in, uh, they, I, I saw them, they, they came and they, um, asked me, um, if they could go sit upstairs, which we had roped off because, you know, unless we needed that space, we certainly didn't want to have to clean another area when the, uh, when the show was over. So we had it roped off, but, um, I kind of, you know, well, well, you know what happens when you assume. And I kind of assumed that they were potentially one of the like grandparents of one of the band members that were playing that night. Um, you know, these were like internationally touring musicians, um, and they, they were not from anywhere close to us. So I, I don't know. I just, you know, whatever, you never know. So I left the, um, these people upstairs so that they could have like an uninterrupted view of the show, thinking that they were there to maybe see a grandchild and, and you know, that they would like a good view because, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a rock concert, but the people don't generally like stay see- seating in their ch- sitting in their chairs while while the show's happening. So, um, so we left them up. But um, after the first band played, the stage stage hands were out there like um, switching instruments and you know getting ready for the next band to come out. There's like six bands I think um, per show, so they had some work to do. But um, you know most people are restroom breaks or going to the concessions or whatever during that time. So these the couple came back downstairs. And so I assumed it was like restroom time. And so, you know, once again, I assumed and geez, I, I, maybe that's my fault. I need to stop doing that. But um, 
that that was not their purpose. So um, I opened the rope for them and I smiled and like started pointing the directions of the, of the restroom so that they would know where to go. And, um, you know, I'm really thankful that it was me standing there at that exact moment and not like one of my helpers that was um, volunteering to be there or, uh, or heaven forbid, like one of my girls standing there um, because the gentleman began like, I'll say speaking loudly at me and um, saying that like, this is the worst event he's ever been to here at this specific location. And he can't believe he spent his money on this. And, you know, I didn't really know what to do in that moment. So I kind of stood there shocked because, well, first of all, everywhere it was advertised, it was done so as a Christian rock concert. So it's called Rock Fest for crying out loud. So he kind of um, he kind of kept going on and on, and I don't I don't know how you guys are like in the heat of the moment like that, but my brain kind of stopped and was like trying to catch up with itself, trying to figure out exactly what was going on because um, I've I've never had anything like this happen at any of the events that I've ever um, put on before. So I didn't um, you know I didn't know what to do or what to say, but he ended up saying something along the lines that. Um, he thought that he was coming to a Christian event and that was no Christian message in there. And then he threw his tickets at me and um, I didn't like lose it per se because, well, honestly, I kept telling myself like my girls were standing right next to me watching the entire event. And my mom was there because she came up to help us like run the ticket booth and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, the uh, there's people all around. So I didn't lose it, but there, this was kind of the moment where my brain kind of like fired back up. So, you know, if I didn't do anything else that night, I was going to defend the faith of like the young men that were up there performing that night and singing, eh, maybe screaming um, songs about God and his glory, reaching an audience of people that like that this gentleman and that I could never reach with our lives and our words. And, um, so I did, you know, I did say back to him, well, these are, these are Christians and it is a Christian message. I don't know if I actually said, I'm sorry that it wasn't what you were expecting. I think I probably did. I can't 100% promise that it wasn't done with a little bit of snark in my voice. Um, but you know, I, how, how judgmental of him to be, um, you know, basically saying that they weren't Christians because of the music that they, the way that it sounds, they weren't cussing. They weren't um, singing about drugs and alcohol and sex or anything like that. They were singing songs about um, God and, and some of them to God. And uh, it just kind of, it irked me and hit me the wrong way. And so I, um, I, uh, I had to defend that. And we, you know, we came home from that event and of course we're talking about that moment. Um, Honestly, it led to some good conversations with our girls about how we judge people um, sometimes without really examining them. Like, you know, the Bible says we will know them by their fruits. And gosh, this man definitely taught a message that night, but I don't think it's one that he ever intended to teach. And ironically, that wasn't like the last that we heard from him. He showed back up at the venue within the next few days, kind of demanding his money back. And of course the venue had nothing to do with that because it was a private event. But anyway, that was kind of our last straw, so to speak. So we, um, we clearly fit into this wrong kind of Christian category that we kind of created on our own and that we had talked about so much. 
when I um, decided to start my blog and I was looking for a title, it kind of just came clear as day to me, like, well, wrong kind of Christian it is. And so, and so here we are. But so the next question, I guess, is really kind of why am I venturing into wrong kind of Christian podcast if I already have a blog and I co-host on another podcast? And well, if I'm being honest, sometimes the blog is um, pretty restrictive and people get tired of reading. And so um, that means that I have to sometimes leave out like funny stories um, because I, I talk about our travel on the blog. So um, like I'm recently, uh, I've been publishing uh, a series about Branson because that's kind of where we went this summer, you know, COVID stuff kind of kept us close to home. And so um, so I'm talking about Branson and why you should still be taking your families to Branson. It's not the Branson of the 1990s anymore. Um, it is definitely family friendly. But anyway, so when I when we start um, writing about those things, I um, I have to leave out some of those funny stories that the family kind of goes through together. And I can't hit all that I would like to um, and put all in, in all that I would like to say because I don't want it to be too wordy. And um, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, that's kind of a real issue for me. Um, I graduated from Ozark Christian College with my associates in biblical literature. And then I graduated from Missouri Southern State University with an education degree that emphasizes language arts. So yeah, I like to write. And um, so in a way, I'm kind of um, hoping to bring this podcast like alongside my blog, like a sister piece kind of. So you won't hear the exact same things that you would read in the blog, but the topics will um, be related from time to time. And I'll talk about whatever I'm publishing on the blog. I'll also talk about here sometimes. Another reason that um, I'm doing this blog is because, well, God told me to. Um, so, uh, you know, don't take that to mean that like God literally popped out of heaven and said, yeah, Megan, this is what I want you to do. Um, if you're a Christ follower yourself, I, I'm sure you understand what I mean when I say that he He told me to. The thought kind of um, came to my mind and and I kind of put it off and, and I kind of tried to drag my feet. And, um, you know, I don't. I don't know if you have ever tried to drag your feet when God tells you to um, to do something, <laughs> but um, it doesn't usually end well, and um, and it didn't end well with me. So I um, ended up having kind of numerous sleepless nights and kind of a mind on overdrive. So everything, um, you know, it would be like, "Hey, it's bedtime. Okay, let's lay down," and then suddenly it would be like here, do this podcast, write about this, talk about this, you know, just over and over and over again. And um, I would end up getting up out of bed and just kind of sitting there all night, like thinking it over and trying to, well, honestly, trying to convince myself that I didn't need to, uh, to do this because I'm already on a podcast and I'm already writing my blog and isn't that enough. And, and I kind of just, you know, God said, no, that's not enough. So I actually kept it to myself for a while. And, um, I just recently told Justin <laughs> that I was thinking about it or that it was there in my mind. And his response was kind of like an enthusiastic, go for it. And um, yeah, that was kind of like, well, all right. That was like the last shove that I need. Um, so here I am trying to uh, trying to be obedient to where God's taking me and um, letting him use me however, however he has plans to do so. So my plan for this podcast besides talking about some of the things from my blog is to also share what God is teaching me in my life and kind of through my own Bible studies. Um, I really enjoy my Bible study time and um, I I want to be able to share that. So I um, I told you earlier that my passion is authentically 
to authentically share what God has like taught me with others. And I, so I think that that must be a calling on my life um, just because he's given me so many ways and opportunities to do that. And um, so I actually just finished a study of the book of Joshua today. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to sharing some of that with you. And I probably will in, in more detail soon, but um, until then, it's just a really fascinating lesson that kind of resonates with kind of where we are in our society today. Like the people of Israel dealt with so much under Joshua's leadership. So that's like the wall of Jericho and um, conquering the Canaanites and, and all of that land so that they could take the promised land because, you know, under Moses's leadership, they, they left Egypt, they escaped from Egypt and, then they were disobedient. And so God said, no, you're not going into the promised land. But but the 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 problem is, is that there was a promised land, but people were already living there. So, um, you know, they couldn't just uh, go like they, they couldn't just go live there. They had to conquer it and conquer the people. And so, um, you know, there was a lot under Joshua's leadership and, and God really used Joshua to kind of um, to put all that together. But uh, at its core, it really isn't all that different from where we are today. And so the way that like at the very end of Joshua, actually chapter 22, I think um, Joshua and the leaders of Israel are having um, a hard time kind of um, understanding what some of the tribes had done. Like they had the other, a couple of the tribes had, had created this um, statue and they were like, you know, um, Joshua and the, and the leaders were like, is this an idol? And they were so offended because they just fought for all of this land. And, you know, when they weren't obedient, God, um, God did not bless them in that conquering. And so they had to, to continuously keep themselves obedient so that God would bless them and, um, give them this promised land that, that they were told they would get. And so, um, for, you know, after all of this fighting and then for the tribes to, um, to create this statue, it really kind of threw them for a loop, but you know, there was a misunderstanding there. It wasn't an idol. It was supposed to be like a, um, a witness to, um, to each other that, that they had worked together to accomplish this. But, um, but before they knew that it was this witness, they, they saw it and thought of it as an idol. And so they actually had to kind of like empathize with the other tribes and like put themselves in the, their, the position that they were in to, um, to understand why they would have done this. And so they, they sent some leaders and, you know, you know, the whole tribe can't get together and talk about this. So they had to send their leaders and, and the leaders were able to empathize with each other's uh, with the others about like whatever the disagreement was. And, you know, that's just something that we just don't see today. Like our world, <laughs> we have no empathy for the other people. Um, we are a world that's quick to judge. So uh, I actually read a quote um, just this week, I think, maybe it was last week, about, um, I think it kind of subs up our world in a sentence. And it's uh, it was Reverend Andrew Pearson, whom, you know, I, I don't know who he is, but um, he said, we live in a society where everything is permissible, but nothing is forgivable. I was like, wow, that's that's intense and it's on the mark. And so I, I had to share it with Justin because I'm like, dang, that's, that is, you know, where we are. Our world says, do whatever makes you happy, be whatever you want to be, you know, as long as you're happy, nothing else matters. Or, um, you know, well, my truth is this, like, 
my truth isn't truth. You know, it's just my truth or you do you. As long as you do you, I'll leave you alone. You know, and that's just not, it's not biblical. And like, in fact, if we kind of trace it back to examples in history where people did just whatever made them happy at the expense of all else, we see chaos and we see death. And it's not so far from where we are today in our society and culture. And, you know, I wasn't really going to get on the whole uh, Joshua thing today. It just kind of all <laughs> kind of came out when I started talking about it. So I, I will probably put um, something together maybe for next week that kind of uh, breaks that down a little bit more. But, um, you know, I, I really didn't mean to like bring it all the way down to like chaos and death either. But let me uh, just put it out there and promise that it won't always be that way. Like I'm not really a um, fire and brimstone kind of person, more of a... Um, find your hope in God and you will find peace kind of person. So, um, you know, as I go through my own studies and, and whatever's happening in my own life, I am so looking forward to sharing those thoughts with all of you, um, in the coming weeks and, um, to kind of sum up what else, you know, this podcast will also um, have guests from time to time. So, um, like authors from the books that I review on the blog, might call in or stop in if they're close enough. Um, artists who are dropping new albums, we might, um, talk to some of those, like, um, sometimes it'll be like people who just have interesting stories and insights to share. So it won't always be just me, but, um, you know, I feel like God is leading me here for a reason. And so who am I to say no? And, um, you know, there it is. So episode one in the books, to be honest with you all, I, and I was so incredibly nervous to do this. Like, even though I, um, you know, I'm on the mic every, every week, it's not, uh, not quite the same when I'm sitting in here by myself, just talking to a computer. But, um, if you're a writer or, or someone who has to create introductions to things, maybe you share this experience with me, but it's always the beginning that's hardest for me. So trying to find a way to introduce everything to the audience has always been the part of writing that kind of holds me up the most. And um, I hope that I've reached all of you in a way that makes you want to, you know, come on this journey with me. So um, I'd like to uh, leave you with one of my favorite verses. And I think it's so apt for, um, at least for us Americans this coming week, and it's Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So whatever happens with our elections this week, no matter which side of the aisle you are coming from, remember that God is in control. Pray for our nation. Pray for the elected leaders. No matter the outcome, God will give you his peace. So until next week, guys. Bye.